Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. It's an experiment, everybody said. Oh. Boy, that one's driven. That one's Did up you? here. Into the monster seats, and the Red Sox lead it two to one. Well, I was a day late saying he's due for a homer. They tried to call last night, but wow. Great call by Dave O'Brien and Kevin Euclid on Nesson. Kike Hernandez going deep, going over the green monster. There you go. Uh, all right, everybody, listen. Subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to it. And the reason is is that we give you the absolute best interviews in baseball five days a week at least, sometimes even more, every single week, all year long. We've been doing it now for, oh, ah, man, like almost like nine months we've been doing this. Subscribe. And when you do that, then when you wake up in the morning or you go to work, boom, it pops up on your phone, you hit play, and you're entertained, you're informed, you're educated, and you just are reminded that baseball is indeed not boring every single time. It's not complicated. Subscribe to the podcast. All right, today is another reason why you should do exactly that. 
and it's because we got a great one. We have Joey Votto making a second appearance on the podcast, the first one with Garrett Woodlock talking half an hour of chess, only chess talk, little Hall of Fame talk, almost all chess. So we caught up with Joey again, and we also have Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Haim Bloom talk about how the Rays, his former team, do what they do. And some other stuff. But two really, really good interviews. Two very different interviews. Uh, you're going to find out when you listen to Joey talk. Uh, it's a little, let's just say it's just not your sort of a normal tone. But it's still, I, I love the fact that he makes you work for it. And I love the fact that he always comes to great answers. And I love the fact that he just loves baseball. And you can tell that. And we're going to kick things off with somebody who has idolized Joey Votto growing up, and that's Red Sox first baseman Tristan Casas. And you're gonna. And the reason I want to sort of introduce this into the Joey Votto interview was it gives you an idea how impactful Votto has been to baseball. Like we talk about, you know, we see him now and his personality and such a great ambassador of the game. And obviously, this unbelievable player. This he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. But listening to Casas just for a few minutes talk about how this is the guy that helped lead him to where he became a major leaguer. This was his idol. And so if you have the opportunity to have someone talk about that leading into an interview of the actual idol, then you do it. All right, here you go. Here's Tristan Casas. So what did you first start admiring Joey Votto? Um, Right around when I started paying attention to baseball. Um, I was born in 2000, so maybe like 2009, 2010, 11, 12. Those are the the days that he was wreaking havoc on that that National League. Um, Posting 400 on bases were like rolling out of bed for him. So I really really like that aspect of the game, Um, just getting on base, grinding out at bats, but also mixing in power and playing good defense. So me being a left-handed first baseman, um, he had a lot of the qualities that I wanted to apply to my game um, and still I'm trying to. Of all the guys, so because of all everything that you said, that's the guy you latch on to, pretty much. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of good examples of right-handed hitting first baseman, uh, or right uh, right-handed throwing, left-handed hitting first baseman um, in the game right now. Especially Freeman, Matt Olson, um, those guys are, are are at the top right now. But um, for a really long time, he was he was at the at the Mount Rushmore of, of first basemen for me, and still is. But um, I, I really like uh, the way that he. He went about the about his business in the game, and I like his his personality off of it. I think it shows, and um, you know, I try to be myself as much as I can. Well, that's the other well. part, that's the other part of this, right? Is that getting to know him a little bit and getting to you know a little bit? That's another like he does. He's not afraid to say what's on his mind and be himself. And and so when we talk about looking up to someone, we're not. It doesn't always have to be. Hey, I want to have my batting stance like that guy. You know, it can be everything else as well, right? Definitely. Um, and I. I've applied a little bit of batting stance uh, yeah, of his right. as well too. I, I applied a two strike. I still do apply a two strike approach. Choke up on the bat. Um, those are all things that I took out of his game. So um, obviously he's done a lot of great things in the game. Played for a really long time. So um, in my opinion, not a bad guy to emulate. Have you got a chance to meet him? No, not yet. Oh man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Um, not sure what I'd tell him. Obviously, I don't want to, you know, come off uh, too strong. But um, I think, uh, you know, I speak very highly of him, and 
um, whether he knows it or not doesn't really matter to me he, he has an impact on me of all, but of all the people that you probably I mean you've got some chance to meet a lot of cool people that would probably be uh, number one yeah definitely, Here, top, uh, top three uh, definitely at the top um, you know it's uh, it's. It, it, I would have liked to have played against him you know that would have yeah. been cool hopefully um, he gets healthy so I can I can play against him but um, you know I'm wishing him the best in his recovery uh, I hope it's speedy but um, yeah I uh, you know I'm looking forward to, to getting on the field with him uh, hopefully meeting him on the field I don't want to catch him off of it so <laughs> yeah yeah so of all the things that you like you see off that we will follow him on Instagram and the chest stuff and everything else. Like, what is the thing that, like, like oh, you, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, like, like, him playing chess and him taking the subway. And the, th- the first thing that pops into my head was, like, when we went to Cincinnati last year, I remember I was going back into the, into the locker room during the game, and, like, he was doing a broadcast with their broadcasters when he was injured um he had like the big beard and he was walking around the park like with fans and stuff i thought that was pretty cool i mean obviously you got to get to a point where that's allowed um and he can go ahead and do that but um i thought that was pretty cool maybe stepping in the booth one day and doing a game uh that's pretty that's on my bucket list so all right that, well we can make that happen you know cool yeah cool. yeah yeah all right man thanks no problem all right so you get an idea of how impactful joey Votto has been so with this conversation with joey I just wanted to talk to him once again about baseball being great. And he had his own unique spin on it, his own unique take, his own unique affect about it. It's all great. I love talking to Joey. Uh, I love just the fact like how he represents all that's good with baseball, continues to, uh, as he comes back from his injury. So it was great to sit down with him. Here's Joey Votto. So, first of all, we just want to thank you. So, the, the re- reception that we had when you came on the podcast before was off the charts because it's the only podcast we had half an hour straight of talking to chess. <laughs> so, um, the first question is, is so, since we talked about that, since you went through that of uh, the offseason of chess, has it, how has that translated to this season? Just playing it and have you been able to continue that passion of it? And not that they were going to talk about chess here i'm just curious yeah i dabble of course i I still play but you know i haven't played any games yet this year i'm still rehabbing so that's priority number one yeah a b and c so the question i have is really we talk about baseball not being boring and being fun and i asked this uh, who says it's boring nobody okay perfect but that's the question so i don't know if i had asked you on the previous podcast because we asked why are we positing questions that nobody asks well, the football fans ask. The well, basketball football. fans. Yeah. And if, I, if, I, if you go out and look at Justin Turner, the shirt he's wearing right now, yeah. it says baseball isn't boring. Is that your shirt? Yeah. Well, he's just helping you. I think he's spreading the message. There's no message. I mean, he can be... Yeah. If he feels like if he feels like that shirt is necessary, then I certainly respect that. <laughs> but I, I hear from so many people that... Not only are they fans of the sport, but they, they crave the sport. They're passionate about it. They think it's such an enjoyable, interesting, consistently surprising sport. And, you know, my favorite sport is basketball, uh, the UFC. Those are two the two sports that I absolutely love. But the, the more time I spend with the sport and the more I travel and see different fan bases and interact with fan bases, the more I'm convinced that we have a special sport here. We have a special sport. 
I went to the Celtics game seven last night. It's indoors. It's a very standard uh, stadium, beautiful stadium. But it's you know it's 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 there's no um, there's there's no panache. No, 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 no. I'll, oh. put, I'll, I'll use my words. Okay. Uh, there's no um, distinct footprints, a la Fenway, a Wrigley, a Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, so so for me, um, that is something that baseball has that's that's distinct from the other sports. The weather, it's sunny, it's blue sky, it's green grass. We we have that. You know, here uh, the elements really do matter in our sport in terms of enjoyment. I'm not saying that football, fall, beautiful fall games um, are not appealing, and they certainly are, but there's most of our sport in, is in, in, in the spring and summer, uh, uh, the friendly spring and summer months. So usually are factors. No, well, usually we ask... It's a party. A baseball game could be a real, genuine party. You've covered a lot. So usually I have to ask the question. Like, I've asked everybody who comes on, why is it baseball board? But you summarized about 10 people to answer all in one. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, you get to watch Shohei Otani play every day. Mark, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Aaron Judge. Uh, you get to watch... You know, uh, a a my teammate Mac McLean, who's five foot nine, uh, play alongside uh, you know Will Benson, who was supposed to go to Duke at six foot five. You know, it's and they have that in other sports. I don't deny that, but I just I just I feel like we've got really good athletes here that are performing. Uh, a skill sport, which is kind of cool. You know, it's a, you have to be, you have to hone a skill. You have to hone a very specific skill, whether you're a pitcher or a hitter. And but then they back it up with tremendous athleticism, which is a real joy to, to I think, for the average fan. And it covers both. You know, you have the fans that want to see athleticism, and then you have fans that want to see a craft. So I, I, I love that about our sport. Is it the best game to watch as well? I can't. I, that's subjective, obviously. But well, uh, you went to the Celt- so you went to the Celtics game. Yeah, right? it was tremendous. Yeah. I, I had a fantastic time. You know, my, again, my favorite sport is the UFC. I do like. I, I love basketball, and those are great sports to watch live. Television at home. Uh, our sport. Uh, our sport certainly rivals them. I mean, they're, they're, there's a lot of special things about our sport, so I, I, I'm biased in that way. So I've said this, and Rob Manfred said this as well, and I agreed with him on it, which is it's the best game to watch because it's you can talk about it as it happens, and then the action happens. Um, whereas, you know, basketball is boom, boom. And I'm not saying, you know, there's, there's merits to everything, right? But baseball is so unique in that way where there's, there's just enough pausing and then there's boom, the cannon fire. Am I wrong? I feel, I, I, every time I ask you a question, I feel like I'm wrong. No, no, there's a really, I, I, again, I don't spend a lot of time in the, in the stands, but I think there is a, a casual rhythm inter, in, interwoven with, with maximum intensity. You know, you're having, uh, you're having some popcorn, you're fooling around your phone, you're talking to the next person about a particular player or a particular 
particular team or even personal life stuff or what have you, you know, just just banter in general. And then all of a sudden there's a ball in the corner and you've got to watch a player go, you get to watch a player go, uh, attempt to beat out a, a triple. And there's a bang-bang play. And they're screaming, you're safe after an, a, a questionable out call, the replay. It's like, to me... Um, to me, uh, baseball stays stays has a, again a nice rhythm because you you have to watch the game. So I agree with. So do you think that baseball players and Major League Baseball players in particular understand what you're talking about? Do you think they 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 are embracing? That baseball is awesome. That it is fun as much as they they should. Most most baseball people love the sport. Yeah, like love the sport. I, I can't tell you how many players I've asked. That just rare is the player that is not fond of baseball. Rare is the staff member, the front office member, the owner, the you know the clubhouse staff. There, uh, almost everybody I ask that's involved with baseball mm. loves baseball. Mm. And. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's certainly a, a, you know a, a, it's a captivating sport. Do they? But do they show it? Do they? Are they? It's one thing to love it, and like you, obviously, you show it. You can. I don't show it, do I? I feel. I mean, I mean, no, I don't feel like I show it. Why? Do you think you can show it more? Or are we focus on work? But it's work. But it's it's it's. It looks like you when you can enjoy going to work. It's like it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, you're showing it. Um, does it feel like work for you? Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging. It, it requires... I have to perform. I can't just come out here and have a good time. I have to come out and uh, perform and, and meet expectations of my own expectations and fan base, my office, my manager, uh, my teammates. So, of course, that's work. You know, it's... Uh, and it's... I don't want to say it's work. It's more of a... A calling, a craft. Uh, I want to be the best at my craft. And so maybe work night may not be appropriate, but I'm not out here having a great time. I'm, I'm, I'm focused. I'm, I'm at my maximum focus, attempting to play at my maximum. So I don't know how you describe what word. So it does seem like you, you have like to have fun like you in life, right? I mean, and not like forced fun, but just fun in life. I, I don't know if talking about this stuff is fun for you. Like I have fun talking to you about it, like or going out and, and playing chess or going out and doing things. Like, but it does seem like you like to have fun in life, right? Am I wrong? Uh, I don't know how to answer that question, but I will say that uh, I like to do my job well. I'm having fun when we're winning, a, and when I'm performing well. Performing well. Yeah. Okay. Those 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 are the two necessities for me to have fun in this game. So to come back to the major leaguers, like we talk about, and in, in the the surface level part of this is bat flips and celebrations and everything else. Do you feel like? That players are more res- more open to showing their, I guess, personality than ever before. I, I, I felt like, uh, you know, because there's um, new celebrations doesn't mean that uh, players' personalities weren't shown before. I just think they were shown in different ways. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, and finally, we wanted to give you a timely interview that was going to advance the conversation. What's better than that? And that is with involving the Tampa Bay Rays. And we went to Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Time Bloom, as you noted, been on the podcast a couple times now, and just said, hey, hey, you were in this. You were in the middle of the Rays, how they do things. And you don't have to give any secret formulas, but give us a clue of how this is happening with the Tampa Bay Rays. And you also get some stuff about trade deadline and things like that. But again, it's, it's, I thought it was a very unique and timely and great perspective from Heim. So here you go. Once again, reminder, subscribe to the podcast. Here you go, Heim Bloom. All right. You used to work for the Rays. Correct? That's correct. All right. Just want to confirm that like, Wikipedia is never wrong. Um, so I, the simple question is sort of what what makes, having been there so long, and every, every single year we sort of try to figure this out, how are they doing this? And every single year, probably including this year, a lot of people said, well, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year it goes awry. In a simplistic form, and I know that that's not a possible, but from your, if someone said to you, say, how do they do things? Why are they successful? What would be the things that jump to mind for you? Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, first of all, um, you know, it's probably not my place to talk too much about them because I'm not there anymore. But I will say that, you know, uh, none of what's happened since I left is a surprise to me. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of hard work that went into setting the stage for that. And there's continued to be by the group over there a ton of hard work to keep it going. Um, I would point to the same thing that I think is underneath almost any consistent success in this business or probably any business. It starts with people and culture. Um, the caliber of the people there is incredible. Uh, they work together exceptionally well. The tone, you know, top to bottom is set the right way. The alignment is good. Everybody is pulling on the same end of the rope. Um, you know, these are actually not sophisticated concepts. They're really simple things that mm-hmm. that organization uh, tends to do really well. Mm-hmm. That's a credit to a lot of people there. And, it, it, you know, like I said, top to bottom, everybody in the organization is pulling on the same end of the rope. Did you see that evolve as you were there? Yeah. I mean, one of the things, you know, obviously having continuity with good people is really helpful. Um, and a culture, once you build it, uh, it takes work. You have to, you know, it's it's like a plant. You have to keep watering it. But uh, you can sustain a culture once it's built and, and keep a lot of the good things going, just like it's happened here over the years with a lot of the things that have been constants here because of a lot of the people who established it and who have kept it going. Um, it changes over time. The people change. Um, what you have to do to win and succeed in today's game changes a lot over time. But... Yeah, you know, and, and you you uh, you have to challenge what you think you know and be willing to adjust and sometimes reinvent yourself. You know, we in the time I was there, we went through some highs and lows, and sometimes when uh, it felt like we had it all figured out, and then sometimes when the game humbled us and we mm-hmm. had to readjust. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of the game. But um, when you have people that work together well. 
whose hearts are in the right place, they care about the right things, it becomes a lot easier to do that. It's a really high-trust environment, um, and people are focused on the things that are most important. Obviously, a big part of the continuity and the foundation is the manager. And Kevin Cash, am I wrong? He's the longest tenure manager or close to uh, it, right? Good question. I don't know off the to top it. of my head. So it's I remember, been a while now. I remember, I remember, I've known him for a while. I'm going back to when he's played here. And obviously, he was, I believe he was the bullpen coach in Cleveland. Yep. And so you, you have a unique perspective of this. I remember, the thing I remember about it was that the Cleveland people had a dress rehearsal for him. Do you know what the, 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 the he had a dress rehearsal with the whole getting dressed up and everything and going through the interview. And it, I think he might have also interviewed at Texas. Right? He did. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, he was kind of a, a dark horse uh, finalist. Yeah. In the in the Rangers process, and that actually really got him on our radar. We knew Cashy a little bit because he had played for us too over there uh, before he came here. Right. And. Uh, so we knew the person, but probably would have thought of him as maybe a little too green for that type of gig, uh, gig just yet. You know, had we not gotten this strong endorsement, you know, from the Rangers folks that hey, this this guy was really impressive. Really, in so the so that was a you know he, he was on our radar yeah. because we knew him, and you know, look, obviously just, we see the same thing here uh, with AC. Um, the, the, there's. It's hard to find someone better to learn under than Tito. Right. And, you know, I think it's funny. Tito had one of the great lines, you know, when thinking about that 07 team, about having future managers, on many future managers yeah. on that 07 team. Yeah. And, you know, I think people knew it even then about about Alex, about Cashy, mm-hmm. that these guys were going to have a really bright post-playing mm-hmm. future. And I, I mean, know Tito, when Kyle he was asked... Kyle Snyder was like, yes, a, like the pitching coach. Kyle but, there, yeah. too. And, you know, I know Tito was something, words to this effect, where he was asked, you know, did you ever think of uh, Kevin Cash as a future manager? And he said, yeah, every time I watched him hit. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you so you get you he does the interview with the Rangers and then he gets on your radar and now he, he goes through the dress rehearsal with Cleveland um, and is it just a, uh, when you got in the room with them they're like oh wait a second we have to look at this guy maybe a little bit differently um, our first interview with him was actually over the phone and he did a great job and it's funny you talk about the dress rehearsal because <laughs> um, you know there were a couple answers where I'm thinking especially now knowing him where now I know like okay you were coached up pretty good that's a good answer but there's no way that wasn't rehearsed <laughs> yeah. but when we did bring him in face to face and spend a day with him that's where the person shone through the authenticity of the person which to me is so important in a manager um, there's a lot of different ways to be a good manager a good leader in this game you cannot do it without being authentically yourself mm. and it was just a really comfortable day um, you know the, the conversation was great but um just walked away feeling like you really knew who this guy was and you really wanted him in your foxhole. Well, you, then it comes back to the foundation of wanting continuity, and you when you that's a leap of faith. First of all, you're taking a leap of faith, right? But when you take that leap of faith, you guys dove in three feet first with, I believe it was a five-year deal, right? I mean, this was like, but that was, was probably what you wanted to do, right? You're like, hey, if we're going to commit, we're going to commit. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, obviously, uh, 
in some ways it's a different gig in a place like that than it is in Boston mm. which makes it a little easier to take a chance on somebody who on paper might have looked like he didn't have enough coaching experience managerial experience whatever it is but still you know managing in the big leagues is managing in the big leagues and you gotta remember he was stepping into some pretty big shoes too uh, that job was open under some pretty unique circumstances right. uh, so at the end of the day you have to believe that this guy can handle it and to me if, you, if you're in you, you're in and you should give him everything you can to, to make it work and not only did we feel like we had the right guy but we felt like uh, under those circumstances it made sense uh, to make that commitment do you, uh, a lot has been made whenever a campus is involved in cash, and probably because of the, it was put on such a big stage in the World Series, about the communication between the front office and the manager. But really, yeah, you can take that one instance, but overall, 98% of it is a positive because you look at the win total. How much, how much has that evolved and how much have you learned about, because we've talked about this is, you can have all the stuff from the front office, but it has to be translated back and forth. Like how much is that a big part of their success? Yeah, I think they do a great job of that. Like I said, a lot of this stuff isn't rocket science. It's relationships and communication. Uh, it's alignment, clarity, um, you know, everybody being on the same page. Um, I've always felt in this game, for as complicated as some things are behind the scenes, sometimes, in fact, maybe a lot of the time, the best way to win is to do simple really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, it's not just them, obviously, you know, a lot of good organizations, including here, when, when things are going well, it's because you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not overcomplicating things. You're making things simple for people. You're giving players clarity and confidence. And if they understand who they are, they're going to perform better on the field. Mm-hmm. Every organization's different. So I'm not going to just say, oh, well, how, how close are you to becoming the Rays? Because that's not what you want to be. You want to be your version of whatever you've learned. And that probably is uh, Andrew Friedman, that's whoever, or maybe other people that you've come across. But how close are you, do you feel like it is a process that you've gotten toward how you want to sort of implement the way that you envision Nirvana? Not Nirvana, there's never Nirvana, but you know what I mean. How close are you to like getting to the point where you feel like of all these things that I, I, I wanted to do, we're close to Dopey Dome. My nature is to always feel like we're nowhere close. Um, that's how I compete is by, you know, constantly feeling like there's more to do. And obviously, like, given where we are, it's, I think everybody would agree that there's definitely more to do, you know, but I think also seeing a lot of the different contributions that have come from all sorts of places on the roster and some of the things that are happening both in the system and with young players coming to the big leagues, uh, coming in their own, you know, that we are headed in the right direction, but there's obviously still more to do. I, I think right now the nature of the game is such that it's a different game even than it was, uh, you know, three and a half years ago when I got here. So you're right it's not about trying to be someone else it's trying to be the best and and that means the only way to do this be the best version of yourself so you take things in my you know you take things that you've learned I, I take everything i learned in my career and i've learned a lot since coming here and there's lessons that you learn uh through success mm. and there's lessons that you learn when things don't go well mm. and obviously both before i came here and in the time since i've been here there's been some of both so for me it you, you should never be satisfied Baseball is a game where emotionally 
when when you're on a winning streak, right? We, we you know a few weeks ago we won eight. Yeah. When you're on one of those heaters, it feels like man, we are never going to lose. And then you go through a stretch like we've been in the past week, where it's very easy to feel like you know, oh God, how are we going to win a ball game? And it's the same group, right? Yeah. And the game is actually actually really rewards those groups. And I think our team has done a pretty good job of this. Um, that don't get sucked into that. They just focus on what's in front of them, and they just keep grinding and keep pushing. To me, like that relentlessness that I hope will continue to be a trait of this 2023 team is exactly what we need to bring as a front office, that we are always going to keep pushing. Because the second you feel like you have this game figured out, the second you feel like you're quote-unquote there, you're probably fooling yourself. And I think some of the organizations that have sustained a ton of success over time, you know, and we know who they are, they've done that because they don't feel like they're there. Mm -hmm. Because they keep pushing. Because they're not satisfied. Mm. um, That there's always more to do. And that's my mindset. That's, That's the mindset that, you know, I want... Uh, you know, from the people that that I work with is, you know, we are, you don't take a single day in any of our jobs for granted. Mm -hmm. And you better run through that bag every single time. And we want that from the players. We owe that to them and how we do our jobs. We talked about last year, we talked about my job, my profession. And you said something I learned in the last three years, you learned something new, right? I learned something new. Like it, the the world of media is evolving. We've talked about this. It's, it's nowhere near what it used to be, where you threw the newspaper against the window. So you had said in the last few years you you learned a lot. Give me something that you that you that jumps out of that you that you've learned. I can tell you what I've learned about paid views. <laughs> but, but oh no! But, but sincerely, like what, what is something that jumps out? Um. You know what? I mean, this is something I I expected, but just going through it, you know, you come to a new organization, um, people that are new to me, whether they're new to the organization or not, uh, an environment that's that's new and different, um, you know, just learning, uh, learning what matters, uh, and you know, getting better and better at, at at. filtering out what doesn't matter what you shouldn't worry about in making a decision you know there's obviously in a market that is as much going on as ours does there's going to be more of that and in a new organization that takes time and uh, that's the thing I think I wake up every day being a little better at that than I was the day before yeah um, but again like you, you it's a good answer you never, but it's, it's, not, it's not easy to do yeah you never you, you never should feel like you have that figured out because it's like the league of their own quote. It's one of my it's one of my favorite baseball movies and one of my favorite oh, really? quotes. It's supposed to be hard. Oh, all right. If it was easy. A lot of other quotes it. in that movie. I was yeah. going to jump out. Yeah, no, there's yeah. plenty. But like, <laughs> you know, that is really how I feel about what we do. That's why, <clears throat> excuse me. That's why winning is so great because it's not easy, and that's the challenge. Like that's we're competitors in this game. Like that's what gets that's what gets us up in the morning. Is like. Yeah, it's good. This is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to make it awesome to be able to do it um, because there are lessons to learn every day. So it's about keeping your eyes and ears open, being confident in what you believe, but also being willing to constantly learn um, as you compete. Do you sense that this is going sort of going back to what we talked about before? Do you get sense that there's an ex- more of an acceptance in baseball to think um, non-traditionally and outside the ball? And the reason I ask that is because you have Tampa, you have the Orioles, 
you know you have you have um, if you there was a time where I could take the wild card rankings and especially in the national league is like look at here's the lowest payroll teams they must be doing something right you know but do you think there's an acceptance more than ever to to think not just not to think that, hey we're not going to spend money but to think differently yeah um, and the way I see it I think actually in a like a lot of people and a lot of organizations in this game have even moved beyond thinking about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, they're only worried about winning. They're only worried about what works. They're not worried about whether it's traditional or non-traditional. They'll let somebody else debate that. Mm-hmm. The only thing they care about is, is this going to help us win a ball game? Mm-hmm. And if it's non-traditional, if it's different, they're willing to do it. Um, that is definitely something that we emphasize when I was with the Rays, but it's really something that you know any organization, I think, can apply that mindset. It, because ultimately, if you're focused on winning... Um, you should be willing to do, you know, anything that's legal and ethical that will get you there. And that may mean thinking differently. You don't want to be different just to be different. But mm-hmm. if something's different and you think it will help you win, mm-hmm. yeah, you should be willing to do it. And I think uh, most, if not every organization now, is more willing to do that than when my career started. Mm. Trade talk picked up yet? I have to ask about trade. It, it, it's always simmering it's a little bit, but it isn't, uh, yeah. you know, obviously, like, the, the cadence of this, there there can be trades at this time of year, yeah. and, yeah, there's there's constant conversation. We try to be active. We try to constantly be checking in with 29 other clubs just to not miss an opportunity. The one thing, you know, some, most of the time those conversations don't lead anywhere. Sometimes a player you like gets moved, and it wasn't going to be a fit for us, or we couldn't match up, but you just don't want something to happen where uh, that you didn't know about, where, right. you, where you didn't know there was an opportunity. So that's um, what this is now, more yeah, of like... but obviously the draft's coming up too, and there's a lot of focus on that, and it's still, um, it's still very early. It doesn't yeah. feel like it, but uh, it is. No. Um, well, now it's like I was talking to a, another GM about the draft being lumped in with the All-Star game and being later. He's like, like, that used to be our time off, you know? Yeah, no longer. It's a lot of uh, stuff crunched in a couple weeks. It is. Yeah, July is obviously now a super intense month. But, you know, sometimes where teams are, team needs, teams have injuries, or teams are getting healthier, those can spur things. I mean, for us, obviously, with Pablo, that was a very small instance of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We felt it made sense to look outside the organization for, you know, something that we could use. Um, Our group did a great job identifying Pablo. Very small deal, obviously, but that's a microcosm of what can happen. Or conversely, a team can be in a situation where where you know, some guys are returning or there's someone that needs to come up from AAA and it creates a surplus and they might look to resolve that. And you just want to stay active in conversation so, you're, so you know about those opportunities. Awesome. Excellent job. Yeah. Five Thank for you. five. Thanks. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.